I'm Danny Valentino, and welcome to Crypto on the Beat, a new podcast that will explore the relationship between music and cryptocurrency. We'll discuss the latest news in the space, and we'll have conversations with many of the players on the cutting edge of these new trends that are helping to reshape our world. Bitcoin, NFTs, blockchain, the metaverse, all phrases most of us had never heard of up until a few years ago, and now you just can't escape them. 2021 will go down as the year crypto went mainstream, but where will things go in 2022? Cannot wait to find out. Coming up on this episode of Crypto on the Beat, we'll get into what's new in the world of crypto, and you'll hear my interview with the legend, Steve Aoki. Web3 is about ownership. We connect our wallets and then we go in and play and socialize and communicate and do business. We own our data. Steve, definitely an early adopter of crypto and is absolutely leading the way with bringing NFT and metaverse projects to the mainstream, as you'll hear in our full discussion later on in the show. But first, lots of exciting things happening in the world of crypto. The NFL will be launching their first ever blockchain video game. In a partnership with Mythical Games, NFL Rivals will allow fans and gamers to compete against other GMs in a fantasy-style format, building rosters and teams with the ability to own, collect, and trade NFTs of their favorite players through what they are calling a play-and-own game experience. More details should be coming soon, and the NFL is planning to launch the game on the web and mobile web early next year. So excited to have today's special guest on the show. No doubt one of the busiest people in showbiz. He's Grammy-nominated, runs his own record label, Dim Mock, and seems to be involved in just about everything you can imagine these days, including fashion, comic books, trading cards, and so much more. He's been diving headfirst into NFTs, blockchain, and metaverse projects of late, and is now in the process of outfitting his entire Vegas home for the metaverse. How does that even work? Cannot wait to find out. Let's welcome Steve Aoki to Crypto on the Beat. What's up, Danny? How you doing? Doing good, man. And just uh, excited to have this conversation with you. You are definitely at the forefront right now of so many new projects. Uh, just launched uh, your Aokiverse, which uh, we're certainly going to get into here. Uh, you've done some NFT drops and things like that. So it's just an exciting time for the music industry right now, isn't it? It really is. Um, I think COVID, it opened up all these different lanes of creativity. It's actually um, interesting for DJs, for electronic music producers, for people in our world. It's actually probably one of the more forward thinking genres in music that are diving into NFTs, diving into Web3, staking claim and, and laying groundwork and building and working together. So this show actually does link in with a lot of the, the electronic dance community. No question. I mean, when did you first like find out about all this stuff, NFT, blockchain and metaverse? Like who turned you on to it and how long ago was it? Yeah, Web3 is pretty, pretty early. You know, it's like, I mean, Web3, I think it's only really been around for a few years. Now people have heard the term what Web3 is. They might not know what it means. I didn't even know what Web2 was when I heard about Web3. Then I was like, oh, I get it, which, you know, we could talk about. But um, I got into it by another DJ, Justin Blau. He was like experimenting in the space in, I think, in like early 2020. He's a crypto guy. I'm definitely a crypto guy. I, I was a crypto guy since 2018. 
And and Justin and I, we always have this affinity to link on things that are outside the scope of the norm. Like if there's something like brewing, Justin will hit me out and be like, yo, you got to check this out. Or I'll do the same with him. Summer 2020 got in, started doing some research into the space. It took me like eight months to drop my very first collection. The first collection dropped February 2021. Since then, I've dropped multiple collections and projects. I did a one-on-one with Justin, with Blau. We did a a record together on on an NFT. I work with Sotheby's. I did two auctions with them. One was uh, the first time they put fine art and digital art on the same wall. One of the biggest things about Web3 NFT culture, it's community, but is by far the glue that binds it all together. So it took you a while to learn what it is, but for a newbie, uh, how would you define the difference between Web2 and Web3? Web2 is the world in which that we live in in the digital framework. So when we go on to Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all the above, when we log in, we accept that all the data is owned by someone else. And that someone else has made billions of dollars with that of data. Our data, correct. Yeah. And, and we're okay with that. Actually, we, we've accepted that's part of how life works because Billions of people are on there. All our friends are on there. This is how we socialize. This is how we communicate. This is how we identify with culture. This is how we buy and sell and trade and have business and and have an identity. Our digital imprint, clearly, we could say, is a large part of who we are. I care about my digital imprint. As much as like I don't want to say, like I want to have more followers, or I want to have more engagement, it's important to the business, to the personality, to everything I'm doing, like what I care about, right? It's my outreach to the world. So that's the digital imprint. That's web two. You you log in, someone else owns your data. Web three, the, the next stage where we're going and where we're all going to end up being in there yes, is yes. web three is about ownership. So now we connect our wallet and then we go in and play and socialize and communicate and do business. We own our data. So the, the big question is, do you want to own your data or do you want someone else to own your data? It's very simple, right? So when people really understand the difference between web two, web three, because web three is all about ownership. Whatever you do, you own. Whatever you can do, you can sell. It's up to you. It's not up to Mark Zuckerberg. Love the way that, that sounds. And it's exciting. And you've been on these NFTs for a little while. You said you did the first drop last year. And uh, you know, just to talk the finances of it, you made four and a quarter million dollars from that first drop. John Ledger, T-Mobile fame, he bought one of your pieces for nearly a million bucks. I mean, was this drop what you expected? I mean, were you blown away? Yeah, I completely, completely uh, like mind blown. Yeah, uh, absolutely yeah. mind blown. Because, uh, you know, we went into it, you know, I remember when I was talking to Blau in, in the summer 2020, it was like, Justin was like, yo, you know, I'm doing this whole thing. I think we're, like I'm going to make like 25, 30 grand on, on this project, making music in the digital space. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Like, so if I could make 25, you should probably make a little more. So I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Also, I don't think about how much money I'm going to make. And whenever I drop an album, I don't think about how much money I'm making. You know, whenever I'm doing something creative, I don't think about the money side. I think about more of the impact, right? So this is a first time where I'm like, well, I mean, it'd be great to make a few bucks. I didn't think we're going to make millions. 
I have to ask you, I mean, people hear these dollar amounts and like, let's say to an average dance music fan, somebody, let's say they went to ultra. So let's say they bought a VIP ticket. They flew down hotel, maybe, you know, food, all this five grand for the weekend, which is a lot of money to a lot of people. And then people are seeing, holy crap, like Aoki and, and Blau are doing these NFTs and they're selling for you know, millions of dollars or, you know, six figures or whatever. Who's buying these things? I mean, is, is it super fans? Is it investors? Do you even really know? It's insane numbers to, to people. It's crypto savvy people, people that are already savvy in the space, period. There are some fans for sure that are coming to the festivals or coming to the shows. But those people that are at the shows and at the festivals that love the music are also just like me, deep in crypto, believe that crypto is, has a, a future sustainability and putting you know our investments into that space. So I believe it's a large part crypto and it's a large part in people that are have a collectible mentality, that have a trade mentality, whether you're an investor, whether you're a collector. See, the thing is on both. At the end of the day, everything is based on the market. You leave it up to the market, the market will dictate what the value is. And that's basically what it is. It's, this is now a piece of art that's connected. And you know, music is art. So we're creating a piece of art for people to collect with a level of scarcity that is driven by supply and demand one-on-one. What to you indicates that this particular project or collection is, is worth investing in? One thing I look into is the founders. I think that's really important, especially for new projects. So the blue chips that are are growing over time and showing sustainability and you know, a roadmap that's real, that has built-in utility that people love, that community actually service and love, because it's important because whatever you give back to the community, here's the, the other main thing. The, the difference between Web 2, Web 2 life and Web 3 life is that Web 2 life is more of a one-way conversation from creators, from artists, from entertainers to the fans and to the community. We make music, we put it out there and people either li- like it or they don't like it. But there's no real like conversation, relationship. Web3, there's much more of a deeper relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that the creators and the entertainers and the artists and the the creatives are going to have to open up the conversation and access if they're going to participate in a meaningful way in Web3. Then you're going to have a more of a successful community. As we mentioned earlier, you're not just doing NFT drops of your own. You're also uh, a collector, uh, an investor, uh, Bored Apes, one of the uh, more popular NFT collections at this point. And uh, you own a few, right? I own 10 apes. Um, I have 20, 21 total, I think 11 mutant apes. So in, inside the portfolio of Bored Ape and mutant apes, it's like 21, but 10, 10 uh, Bored Apes. And what do you do with them? Like, are they on, on a hard drive? Do you, do you project? Yeah, them? Like- definitely. Um, they're on a cold wallet because uh, even a lot of savvy friends of mine have been just wiped clean. I want to pause here to discuss what a cold wallet is. As Steve mentioned, NFTs and crypto can be stolen and are subject to many phishing scams online. A cold wallet is a small piece of hardware that stores your NFTs and crypto offline and can be a much safer option as opposed to just leaving them sitting there on the exchanges. Just a couple weeks ago, Seth Green lost a few of his NFTs, including his valuable board ape, after falling victim to an online scam. Not only did it cost him hundreds of thousands of dollars, but he lost the commercial rights to that ape, which he was planning an entire TV series around. That show is now on hold. Just something to be cognizant of as things continue to develop rapidly in the world of crypto. 
All right, let's get back to the conversation. You have to be careful because literally you can click the wrong link and your whole portfolio that's on your hot wallet, you know, that's out there to the world is can be wiped. The idea of decentralization is just, it's beautiful because it's like freedom. And it's also incredibly scary and dangerous because there's no policing of it, right? I think I saw was a guy like made a big mistake in uh, listing, I think, an NFT for sale. And uh, instead of listing it in terms of uh, Ethereum, he listed it in terms of like a, a penny crypto. Yeah. And some bot came in and snapped it up for like a dollar and, and he lost like a million bucks, like a snap of a finger, right? Yeah, it's a microsecond too. It's like, just like the second he lifts his finger, the bot just, like, just steals it. Oh. It's like... It's crazy that there's that kind of technology. It's not, it doesn't have, a human isn't doing it. You know what I mean? So, um, and there's a lot of that kind of um, thing happening when they, when they see the vulnerabilities, they just come in and do damage. So it's, uh, it is, it is scary. Yeah. If you're new at this, take Steve's advice. Just be extra careful. That's all. Buy on a hot wallet and then immediately transfer to a cold wallet. And you made a statement I was just going to bring up because uh, we're going to talk about your Aoki verse in just a second and talk a bit about the metaverse. You said uh, a few weeks ago that you made more money from NFTs last year than you made from the past decade in music from, from the royalties from six albums. I mean, how is that even possible? I mean, this is how it is. You know, Crazy. Um, one thing I could tell artists when they're getting into the NFT space is that you have to treat this differently than dropping an album. You, I mean, once again, it goes right back to this relationship versus conversation. It's like, this is a relationship you're building with people. This is a real relationship. Like there's a fan club, okay? In web two, I call those like the, the fan clubs that exist. That's web two. Web three, what Aokiverse is all about. It's a social community membership. It's a relationship I'm having with my community. Like I don't treat them like fans. They are fans as much as I'm a fan of them. It's more of a conversation we're having. And, and that conversation has to be meaningful. This all sounds uh, really exciting. Why don't you give us the lowdown here? What exactly is uh, the Aokiverse and uh, how do I join? So Aokiverse is a social membership community. The, the way I look at it, it's like kind of like I'm in the middle of a lot of NFT kind of communities and partners doing a lot of fun, different activations with different groups. And whatever we curate, whatever we bring in, it's basically all the access that I'm getting. I'm always trying to find a way to slice the bread off for everyone else that's part of my community. Right. Before all this, it's like, oh yeah, like my friends, like I'd always tell my friends, hey, I got some uh, nice fish on the table. Just caught this one. Let's all, let's all dig in and eat it. So that's the kind of thing. It's like now we're getting a larger fish and trying to share that with more people that want to have a piece of that fish. Just like anything, there's so many different communities. Like there's someone that's more attracted to a community, let's say Louis Vuitton might create and all the world of Louis Vuitton. And they might be like, okay, I want to be part of that. That's basically how I see it. Like whatever's happening in NFT land, whatever's happening in the metaverse, whatever we're doing, because we're so diverse and so broad and we're reaching out to so many different partners. We're just cutting up that fish and sharing it with, with our crew. So you rolled this out uh, several months ago. Uh, what kind of response you've been getting? I mean, uh, can you tell uh, how many signups you've gotten so far? Yes, um, there's a few thousand people on board in our community. Um, we're going to be doing the very first real world show. So we have the first Aokiverse Passports uh, show in Los Angeles just for the, the passport holders. Um, and 
I have to say, I was very inspired by Gala Games. That's their another incredible uh, institution in the space. They did their own show, and I performed it in LA at the iconic Forum. Awesome. Holds over twenty thousand people. Yeah. Inside the Forum, they built their own world that only brought in their community of maybe 200, 300 people. They had Kings of Leon perform. Okay. Imagine watching Kings of Leon in the spaceship with 200 people. That just does not happen. Right, Her right. performed, I performed, Blau performed, Bass Jackers performed, BT performed. So it's like, that's special. I think that was like, for me, when I was performing there and I was looking at the crowd, I'm like, you know, I don't look at it and go, oh my God, there's only 200 people here. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, this is intimate. This is exclusive. This is for people that want to be here. And it really gave me the excitement and enthusiasm for what the Aokiverse show is all about. Because it's when I look out in the crowd at my Aokiverse show, and I don't care if there's five or there's 500. I really don't care because I'm excited to play just for the community. It's a different kind of feeling that I'm going to have. And uh, I'm excited about what I can do for the community moving forward. And that's just like, that's just a show, right? There's a level six on the passport because it's very similar to uh, like a frequent flyer club where you level up your, your passport. So it's this passport that you, you buy credits for, and mm-hmm. then you mint your passport. And as you level up, you get different rewards just like this, just like a, like a, a frequent flyer mileage club. So how do you uh, level up? How do you get to the uh, higher tiers of the Aokiverse? So they're called Aokiverse credits. And when you, now you can only buy them on the secondary. We, we uh, dropped them earlier on um, when we first launched. Now I can only buy them on the secondary and you buy a credit and that gives you the first level. And then each level goes up by four. So the second level is four credits the third level 16, the fourth level 64, the fifth level is 256, and the last level is 1,024. And then the credits burn, it's a deflationary model. As the credits burn, there's less credits available in the market. And the market, once again, dictates what the credits are worth and what the passports are worth. Once again, this is Web3. You can't sell your Soho House Club membership. You right. can't sell your American Airlines concierge key or 1K United. You can't sell those. You can sell this passport. You can level it up to level three, level four, level five. And when you get the perks or rewards and you're like, I'm good here, you could sell it to someone else that wants it at the market value. And that's the beauty of Web3. You have the ownership to do what you want with the things you level up. And you can also level up in your passport. We're going to create that model where you can micro level up by by doing all different kinds of activations, going to a number of shows, just a different kind of things where you you do different activities that can level you up in the in, in your passports. From your perspective, I mean, do you see this as, as being a, a huge part of, of the music industry moving forward? I, I think this question is always asked whenever technology has some level of breakthrough with the way we communicate, the way we socialize. This is the next frontier of what that looks like. Like I remember watching like TV reporters going, I, I just don't understand this internet thing. Like I need to spend more time with my family, let, let alone going on the computer and trying to find out information. And then, and then when social media happened 15 years ago, um, you know, there was a, a lot of like, you know, conversation and criticism about what that's going to do. When video games became more social and they boomed instead of having like a, 
uh, single player video games, which was popular for many years. And then when, when it went social, when people are going on because they want to talk with their friends online that, that are in different countries and, and, and play games that boom to billions of people, you know, there, there was like the criticism about what that looks like this to me, web three, just the philosophy of what it means. It's clear that it's going to be part of everyday life. These, these contracts, because that's what they're, they're, I mean, what, what they're basically is a smart contract and NFT is a smart contract that's that's uh authenticated in the blockchain right in my opinion we're all going to have some level of a smart contract if we are doing some level of business just like i remember when edm the term edm okay it was a bad word in 2010. <laughs> it, it still was is like, for some today but yeah you know like it was like before it was electronica remember it was called electronica yeah like oh, magic going yeah so i i make electronica like i just so <laughs> weird to say that and then and then like the media started calling like this whole thing called edm you know this whole thing called nft it's like the second you hear it because you just heard it it's like automatic it's part of culture People are going to hate. And uh, when it rides past all that, because we are social species, you can't take that away. It's going to be a big part of how we communicate, how we identify. NFTs are just tools on how we identify with each other. It's just a tool. People are buying skins on video games, Fortnite, and it's web too. So you don't even own it. It has no value. And yet it's a multi-billion dollar business and people are spending, kids are spending 20 to $40 buying a skin on a gun or skin on their, their shirt running around in, in a game that, that has no value. Web 2, they own it. Web 3, you own it. We own, I mean, we own that's it. That's a very good uh, explanation of the whole thing. Speaking of the metaverse, I saw you said something recently that, that you, you're having your entire house essentially outfitted to, to be in the metaverse, which, which sounds absolutely mad i mean just just tell me what the plans are for this this has been a undertaking a large undertaking and with the most incredible dev uh we're launching it in sandbox it is sandbox for those who don't know one of the biggest uh platforms in the metaverse at the moment it is aoki's playhouse which is already i i have to flex here it has to be the one of the coolest houses in the world i'm i'm just gonna have to flex i spent so much time designing it and building it to to the special dream playhouse. Um, I, when Shaq goes in your house, says this is one of the best houses he's ever been in, and I know he's seen some crazy houses. He would know uh, <laughs> exactly. But um, this house is on steroids, on acid, on mushrooms, on uh, exaggerated, <laughs> embellished scale, um, and it it's trippy. It's like there's games where we're, we have quests. There's all different kinds of. I was gonna say, are you gonna do shows in here? Like, what's gonna happen in here? There's a massive festival ground there's so much in your house yeah it's like it's like what you could dream the scenario could be like but using the framework of this house and just making it like just you know obviously we can make it what we want it's a metaverse right um but um working with sandbox the leaders in the space of of building you know you know uh the what the metaverse can look like um and and yeah we're launching it very soon 
first first people in are people with passports. Well, let's uh, leave it at that. Great conversation. So much exciting stuff uh, going on there in your world. And hope to have you back uh, on a future episode to get the update on the Aokiverse and uh, whatever else uh, you might be working on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Danny. I appreciate that. That was my interview with dance music superstar Steve Aoki. For more than 20 years, he's been building his brand in music and beyond, and now he is leading the charge into Web3 and even outfitting his house for the metaverse. Can only imagine what those parties are going to be like. And I just loved his comparison of what's happening today in crypto to the early days of the internet and the skepticism that came with that, saying this is that next frontier in technology. Fascinating stuff and hope to catch up with Steve again later this year to see how things are going in the Aokiverse. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Crypto on the Beat, where we explore how crypto is so much more than just Bitcoin and NFTs. And now is the time to learn about as much of this as you can, because it is still so early. Special thanks to everyone who makes Crypto on the Beat possible. Sarah Bentley, Roger Coletti, Bill Crandall, Jen Derwin, Emily Doherty, Mike Spinella, and Chris Watherspoon. I'm your host, Danny Valentino. Crypto on the Beat is a Sirius XM production. Sirius XM Podcasts.